All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We return uh, game day on Sports 1440. Of course, the orders hosting the uh, crack. And we'll have lots more uh, orders coverage, but it's uh, Wednesday. And uh, we like to have a segment called Who Is It Wednesday? Uh, we bring in uh, somebody who uh, had a really good uh, pro career, whether it was as a player, somebody in management, broadcasting. And I like to talk about their story uh, of success and, and tribulations and trials and everything else like that. And uh, today we have a, a gentleman. It is rare to win two championships in your first three professional seasons. So uh, think about that. You come in, you're a rookie, win a championship. Hey, this is going all right. Two years later, you win a, third, a second championship. Not bad. Not bad at all. But think about it. And then the team gets rid of you after only four years. Kind of, uh, kind of odd. Our guest today, who uh, resides now in Edmonton, former uh, defensive lineman for the uh, Edmonton Elks, Randy Spencer, joins us. Uh, Spencer, how you doing, my man? Good to see you. Good, good. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I have to admit, as we were talking before, I was like, you had a really successful career, despite it not being that long when you consider uh, a pro career, right? So take me back. So here's a young Randy Spencer. Um, the, the Edmonton franchise, of course, had lost the Grey Cup at home in, in 2002. And then, uh, you come into a team that's obviously very good. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to crack the lineup of a good team. Very. <laughs> but, uh, but you, so you came in. Give me kind of your first impressions of young Randy Spencer, the rookie in 2003. Um, well, coming into the locker room, uh, we were at Concordia actually at that time yeah. for a training camp. And I walked in and you could smell, the anger from the year before, and I, I like I was just coming home from university, so I I didn't even pay attention. Got drafted up here first round, and then walk in that room, and I literally walked out, called my sister, and told her I was winning the Great Cup that year. Really, that, on my life, walked out of that locker room and said, "Yep, we're winning the Great Cup this year." Wow, that's how pissed these guys were about two thousand two. Well, because that was a game. I don't. Did you ever watch the 2002 Grey Cup? No, I. Uh, like, kick a rouge, Randy. Kick a rouge. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure you must have those mistakes this year <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. in uh, college and everything. It's uh, been funny. But honestly, like they had so many chances, to just punch it through the end zone. Yeah. And uh, you know, rather than have to go for two, which cost them the game. But anyway, it's you know, it's a long time ago. Um. So so there's that like anger and bitterness right mm-hmm. away, and, and you're a young guy. You're you're a rookie. How how intimidating was it, and, and how challenging was it to kind of gain respect of a very veteran group? 
Honestly, for me, it was a different story because I've always played and been in rooms with older gentlemen, you know, like, and uh, as a leader, I didn't care what age I was. So okay. I knew how to penetrate that right off the, the get go. Except for, you know, when it came to, I think it was the first week when they were doing a, a go away party for T Ray because T Ray had just got let go. Yes. And then, um, I was talking to, like, cause I was between Age of Gas and Hervey, like, that, that's where I was sitting. And uh, Singer Mobley, like, let's talk about the team alone, T-Von, you know, Jason Moss, Ricky Ray, inconceivable how many athletes, how many, you know, Hall of Famer type players were on that team to begin with. But um, we were going out, you know, have a few bevies, and uh, they had a few limos out ready to go out, and they're like, oh, you know, you're, we know you're good, but not tonight. That was the only time I didn't get to go out with the, with the boys was for T-Ray's night. But uh, outside of that, I was already in that circle because of the respect I'd given them. Um, I put it on myself to be back then. We had kegs in the locker room, uh, <laughs> so you know after I games. To, I remember after games. Right? Yeah. You were there. I was there. Yeah. Yep. So you know how to keep the the vets happy, and uh, I just parked myself right next to that keg, uh, poured every single one for them, and poured one for myself every now and then, and uh, you know. That's the type of thing, you know, you, you do as a rookie that puts you above the rest. And, you know, coming next year, I was the only rookie that made it back from, you know, the eight that started. So you're the yeah. only rookie in 04. It's who is like a sophomore yeah. in 04. Yeah. Wow. I don't remember that. Interesting. Yeah. So what about like, you know, the challenge of, of becoming to pro football, right? Like it, it's a big jump for lots of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I never want to say it was seamless for a player because that that it's kind of diminishing how hard they had to work to make it look seamless. But you came in and and you were a pretty good impact guy right away. How'd you do it? Um, honestly, I didn't. It was a transition to go from university to CFL uh, pro. Anything like you've just seen uh, Ocho Cinco talk about it of how yes, there is no difference. People don't get that. Everyone thinks, oh yeah, NFL, CFL, a huge difference. When you're in those trenches, it's no different. Um, people would always come up here and say, Oh, you know, why are you up here? You should be down there. Why are you not? Like, there is no difference. It's time and opportunity, we always say. But, um, once I got a crack, the difference was the second you get an opportunity to put your hand in the dirt and show what you got, I showed it. And within two plays, they had to, you know, notice that. And, uh, I had, you know, tackle for loss. Um, I think I got uh, my first sack was against Danny Mack. Um, so I showed right off the bat when uh, I think it was an injury to uh, Steve Charbonneau that yeah. went down. And I came in as relief for that. And from that point on, I was picked up off of my practice roster and then put right back on. And that was the end. Yeah. Randy Spencer uh, joins us. Uh, you, you mentioned you know getting into to the group and. You know, you had AJ Gas, and you know there's Signor Mobley and Terry Vaughn, and you know, the Frito Ray, of course, had kind of yeah. he kind of come out of nowhere, right, yeah. and, and then became a really dominant uh, quarterback. There was a lot of big personalities on that team, and I think in order to successful teams have lots of big personalities, guys, you you kind of joked about, hey, I made sure to get noticed. You sit by the keg, <laughs> veterans, you pour, hey, you need a beer, I'll pour you a beer, no problem. Yeah. I'll be the bartender uh, of the room. But there there is that, like, who are the guys in practice that you went up? Up against that made you better early on where you're just like damn like this guy Dan is good Kamisky, for sure uh dan comiskey bruce beaton those two were monsters um chris morris was also there you know but most of the time i was i was on the opposite side. side um right and of course they were tackles uh my tim princeton uh baker you know like that o-line itself carlo panero it was just a great o-line um, I think Bruce Beaton was probably the biggest bookiemist I've ever gone against. I was just, yeah, mitts, like just like a bear. <laughs> I, I tell you a story, bro. Bruce, so Bruce Beaton went to Acadia. And, yeah. uh, so I was a young guy cover, starting to, to cover the, uh, the Elks and, and I knew football, but I, I didn't know it very well. And I really struggled at evaluating the offensive line. Because when I'd be watching it, I, I would always gravitate to watch the ball. So, you know, unless I'm recording the game, I'm not going to go back and then on camera you don't see it. So turns out that uh, my brother went to Katie and the hockey and the football guys usually didn't get along. But uh, my brother mentions, hey, hey, say hi to Bruce Beaton for me. I'm like, what? 
I didn't even know. So I was like, oh, so I go introduce myself. Hey, Bruce, my brother Colin. He's like, oh, my goodness. And it kind of, it broke a little bit of a barrier. And all of a sudden we're talking. And I, so I'd ask Bruce all these questions. He goes, well, you know what? Here, why don't you uh, come over to my house? I'll sh- we'll watch video. Just, so Bruce Bean invites me over because yeah. I wanted to learn more. And so, you know, being a young guy, whatever, I show up, I, you know, I bring a case of beer. Well, first of all, I've never seen anybody drink a beer as fast as Bruce Bean. <laughs> He's just you know, sitting there and I'm just like, what, did I have a sip? And you got like two done. And then yeah. he went through the intricacies. Okay, watch this play. And he would rewind and we'd watch it again and he'd rewind. And that's how I learned. A little bit. Probably in silence, of the, too. Of the, oh, yeah, I didn't trust me. I had a notepad, and I was just like, as, okay, what about, like, just listening yeah. and then asking questions. And, you know, but he was amazing. But he was one of the biggest men. And, like, there's lots of big guys. Like, yeah. Patrick Kabongo's a pretty huge human. Yeah, but, but it's a Bru- different big. Yes, like, Bruce Beaton was, like, grizzly bear. Yeah. Him and Doug Peterson might They're be the two bears. biggest guys. They were bears. Yeah. Like, you're a big dude, yeah. but you seemed like an average guy beside Bruce Oh, Beaton. I was, uh, you know... I was a strong, young, you know, 6'3". You'd think that's, you know, 6'3", 305, playing weight. That, you'd think that was big, but I was pretty much the shortest amongst the whole group, right? You had uh, Raheem Abdullah. You had... Um, Darian Booze. D- Dorian Booze. Dorian Booze. Right? Um, everybody. Like, Albert Reese was 6'5". Oh, Every one Reese, of them were 6'5", sh- minimum. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're like, hey, let's was, get the short guy. And you're yeah. like, I'm 6'3". Yeah, seriously. You played at 305? Yeah, that was my that was my playing weight pretty much the whole time. So when so when you were done, mm-hmm. how easy was it? Because I know no, some it's, guys... No, it's still work. It's still work in progress. Cause some guys, I was 305, but I was still stronger than all of them. Oh. Yeah, good. I still bench press 500 at okay. 305. That was the difference. I And I had the record... Back then, for 225, even walking into Montreal, I did a 38 reps. So, interior is different, yeah. right? You know, a little more finesse on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a little bit more brute strength. Yeah. Now, how many, uh, how many, did Elmondo CYL beat your record? Well, I'm sure they beat it these days. Oh, yeah, like that's that 20 guy, years ago, yeah, man. That guy they, is these a kids machine. are putting up 55 reps now. Like, I, I can't even mess with that. I'm serious. They're doing 50, 50 plus reps. But you did 225 38 times. Yeah. Damn. And how do you feel? Like, obviously, for an interior guy, like, there's so much of that pushing motion a little bit, right? For Ben, like, bench press can probably help an interior D lineman. I'm not sure it's going to help a receiver. Is that fair? Well, it helps every single position. You need, you need to be able to bench anybody off of your chest. If you're playing with against a DB, obviously, you got to press. You have press against you, whichever you have to get off your player. So it is uh, something that everyone should test at. Are they going for brute strength or, you know, continually repping that is different for our, uh, an interior D lineman or O lineman. Now, uh, Randy Spencer joins us. So you come in as a rookie and, you know, yeah, yeah, there's lots of guys and, you know, the Elks had a lot of fun uh, off the field uh, back then and, and probably still now, but definitely back then there was before social media, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, guys would go, who are your running mates out that you had a lot of fun with outside of football during those years? Uh, Rashad Genty, um, you know, uh, Rob Grant, most of the rookies, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jabari Issa, um, Singor Mobley, AJ Gas, uh, Ed Hervey. Like, I was, yeah, I'm a social guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and, Je- <laughs> you and Jed Roberts. Um, yeah, you- Jed and I hooked up after. Yes, I was going to say, because you guys yeah. didn't play together. No. But uh, you guys have, have been like really because you you live in Edmonton now. You guys have been friends. And, yeah. and like there's times where people think you guys played together, but you actually, oh everybody thinks yeah. That. But you guys didn't play together. No, no, no. <laughs> Jed, yeah. kind of tell us about how you connected with him. Well, on, the funny thing is, I was at uh, it was on a fan day, and he'd seen Jed's the kind of that guy like he knows everything that's going on with football, and I you know I don't pay attention as much as he does. Okay. But, I was, it was fan day and he came out and he's like, Hey, you're doing good. You know, like, Hey, good job. You know, young buck. Like, and I had his number, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he I didn't even know that before. <laughs> so he's playing an extra eye on me on top, on top of that. So making sure I made uh, now, that. Now, did number. you know that he was a former player? 
At the second that I saw him? Yeah. No, I'd known the, the stories and legend stories about okay. him, but that would have been the first time I'd met him was on Fan Day. Okay. When, yeah, he was walking through the line and saying hello to all of us. So he just a, walks through the line as a fan, versus oh, like a normal oh yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jen's a class. Did he, now, did he have the long hair back then when you yes. first met him? Uh, yeah. So you're, did you, if you hadn't known the name, would you have thought? Oh, I would have known. Oh, you would have known? Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a presence. <laughs> uh, has he ever drawn a caricature of you? Of me? I don't believe so, but I've seen many of them. Dude, they He's were good. they were some of the h- most hilarious yeah. things I'd ever seen. Yeah, and he and he would didn't matter who it was. Oh, which now is probably, he's gonna do one of me now that. Oh, he's well, he should it. like, Jen, like <laughs> buddy. Like, if he hasn't drawn one of you, like, yeah. are you really good friends? That's, that's what I would wonder now. I, I'm surprised he hasn't. But for anybody who didn't know, yeah. basically, it have like the easel in the locker room with the big white you know pages, and he would draw one of his teammates in these caricatures, mm-hmm. and like Gizmo Williams was one of his victims yeah. a lot. Don Wilson, uh, Chris Hardy, yeah. uh, were guys, and and it was open for anybody to. Malvin Hunter, yeah. uh, Malvin Hunter, and oh my goodness, like he yeah. was ruthless yeah. in some of those drawings. But of course, the teammates like if you didn't have a sense of humor, then you're probably screwed. Oh yeah, right. But he was uh, he was pretty talented drawer. I was like, I remember the friend like, damn, that is really good. Uh, he's a very talented person. Could yeah. be a he could be a cartoonist for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll take a break. We are going to come back. I want to talk about the two championships. The uh, uh, when and you mentioned it from day one in 03 that you're like, okay, we're going to win. But I'm curious if you felt the same in 05. We'll find out mm. next with uh, Randy Spencer on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation YouTube. 325, who is it Wednesday? Our guest in studio, two-time Great Cup champion with the green and gold, Randy Spencer, joins us. And uh, he said, hey, no word of a lie. Uh, his first day out of training camp in 03, he called his sister and said, we're going to win. And uh, just because of the the frustration from losing the prior year and hey it obviously uh, it worked out so now let's fast forward you win in o- in 03 yeah 04 is a decent year but obviously not not the same should have won yeah let's not get to that Saskatchewan <laughs> game remember the Titans he did not pass a half point until they pulled that stupid play and you know it uh, okay so t- <laughs> I, I love I love it I don't I don't want to rip off, I don't want to I know we'll move on to 05 no 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 I want to talk about it because yeah. um it, so, you know, you talked about the play. So take me back to kind of what's going through your mind at that juncture of the game. Uh, what in the are you doing? Because that we've never, like, we've never done that play. The, the fake to, to Bradley. You'd right? never practice that? We practiced okay. maybe once. Okay. Maybe twice. It wow. wasn't, no, it, it, this was not supposed to happen. It was not the timing. At all. Oh, how'd that go over then amongst the players? We did, we couldn't believe that they were doing it, especially on the defense. Because on the defense, we they literally, I don't think Saskatchewan had passed half point of the of the field the whole first half. Yeah, I think you might be right. I don't think they passed half. It was literally feeling of remember the Titans. There was nothing they could do. And then all of a sudden you pull a trick play for what? Right before the end of the half. Yeah. Which gives them some momentum to think something can happen. From that moment, boom, shift in the game. Momentum. It's real. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. If you have someone's foot, like your foot on someone's neck, and then you let up enough for them to breathe, they can, they have a chance. Yeah. So the frustration from that. Yeah. Did it carry over? Did you say? Oh, that was our frustration. Yeah. Yeah. We should have won that year too. That's the thing. That's where our mindset was. Okay. We would have won that year. So we were going for a three to five. We were going on our streak. Yeah. So you come to 05 and you get back in camp. Yeah. Was the 05 camp very then similar to you of your rookie year? Or was a difference because now you'd, ex- mm-hmm. before you were just kind of a, a uh, an observer mm-hmm. of the frustration. Now yeah. you were living the frustration. I lived the frustration, but I also, we were more, um, I don't know, uh, put together in the fact that we knew exactly what to do after doing it two years before, right? And there, we weren't going to allow small issues to come into that not being a reality. There's too many vets that knew exactly how to win and to close out the year than to let it not be a reality. It's very well said because a lot of people, they hear the word experience and sometimes it's like, well, they got a lot of experience, so they'll figure it out. But can you kind of pinpoint... 
sometimes, maybe even in the in the, those playoff games where you're like, if we didn't have the experience of winning two years earlier, the game mm. might have turned at this moment. Is there can, is there any you can in pinpoint? In a game, it'd back? be hard to pinpoint in a game, but um, I you know that turning point of that season was, you know, people would say would be the the blackout. Um, in Toronto? In Toronto and how the team came together while we were away to make sure, you know, things didn't go the opposite, right? So yeah. We only got closer as a team. When you go back to 03 and you go to the Grey Cup week, uh, we were playing Halo. Yeah, believe it or not, we were playing video games in the hotel room for the entire, you know, that was uh, 05. No, yeah, in, 03. It, so we in, were, in 03, you guys had rented out a special yeah, room. Yeah, a special room yes. we had in 03, and we were there for the entire week. We didn't leave. There's a casino right across the street, you know, bars you could have gone to. We just gelled as a team, and no one left, right? That's how close we were. And so that closeness created something completely different, and that's what happened again once he came, that feeling coming into uh, the blackout in Toronto. Randy Spencer joins us. Um, in that blackout, uh, Dave Jamison t- t- told some stories. You know, like, mm. like everything was shut down, right? Like there's not a lot of people here. They're, they're trying to struggle to even get cash to get guys per diems and everything. Um, was there not a piano in the lobby or something? In a few For th- Dorian Boost to play? <laughs> was it Boost that played? Well, he's the one that always played the piano, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. D- now... He liked to think he was a singer. Was he? He a was singer? a great singer. He was a great singer. He well, he was a, a great... gospel. He was a gospel singer. Oh, was yeah. he, not? he could sing. He could play. He was multi talented. Yeah. And um, if you don't mind, I do want to kind of discuss uh, your former teammate because uh, he was a very talented player. Very, extremely, extremely. talented yeah, player. He was one of my. Yeah, I had him with uh, on the road half the time. And. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, he's passed it here a few years ago. Um, he, he passed away essentially living on the streets of Edmonton. But I, I know Randy, and, and I remember reading an article many years ago how you had literally, you would walk downtown on the streets mm. at night trying to find him. Yeah. Can, can you kind of, is it okay to talk about that? Oh, yeah. kind of, you know, what went on there? Yeah, I didn't even realize, we didn't realize he was still in town. And uh, I was out, I think I was at... Um, it was either a golf tournament or I was at the alumni room where someone had told me he was still in town and I said, No, you need to you need to find him. Like it's like the second you know he's there, tell me. And I was in a doctor's appointment and I got a phone call and I just literally walked up, walked out, drove right downtown, found him right there and brought him home. Uh that's the first time. And then he stayed with us for a while, not to get into too much, but um any time that uh, he wasn't there, I'd go, okay, where is he? I'd have to go find him, you know, take a look and kind of look for him. Because he never drank, he never drank coffee, never did any any, any sort of drugs. I know he kind of got, you know, hooked a little bit on, on intravenous drugs, but in conversations with him, um, like I know sometimes it's too easy. Everybody just assumes, oh, you know, a pro football player, it's obviously CTE. Um Mental health issues. What in your conversations near the end? What, what, what did you kind of come away with? Thinking what, what kind of what steered him the wrong direction? Uh, that was already. It has been proven that that's what it was. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know where the legal stuff on that is, and where I can even get into talking about that. But I know I did secure the uh, brain sample that they they used to go test for all of that at the time, and uh, it's probably closing up right now if it's not closed already. But. Uh, Definitely a completely different person. If you would have met him from day one to where you met him in the end, you'd know it wasn't him. So, Well, I, I remember uh, back when I first started, I had uh, the show The Green and Gold Report, and I would bring guys in studio similar to this. Mm. And uh, the show was late at night, though, at 11 p.m., and, but you know, Jim at Blue Sky Limits would go pick guys up, and the players were great. They'd come in, and, and Dorian was one of the guests that I had. And I remember him talking about his whole life, and you know what? He was super excited to be here. His, his kids were young at that time. Yeah. And he talked about his kind of the first time away from his kids. So that was hard on him and everything. But he, he was a very spiritual yes. man from what I remember in our conversations yeah. about him. And, um, it, it's interesting to see just kind of how a, a complete 180 yeah. and, and how it goes. And obviously the CTE. So when you see a former teammate like that and, and how quickly it changes and you played a similar position and you played a position where, 60, 80, however many snaps a game. Yeah. And you're you're 300 pounds. The guy you're going up against is 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Do, are you ever concerned 
that uh, you know long for myself. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh. I don't know if that's crazy for myself, but I don't know. I've always been a, stu- a studious person, so I keep my brain very active. You okay. know, learning different languages. You know, speaking French, speaking German, whatever it is. Yeah, ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch, mein Freund. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Look at you. Uh, what, did you I have what did you say, you Gregory? Know. You look fantastic. I think that's what I heard. I think that's what I heard. Yeah. So how long have you been learning German? Oh, ever since I met my wife. So that's oh, she, how that she, works. You know, yeah. Your wife's German. Okay. She, she's from Germany. Yeah. Nice. So how yeah. how fluent are you? Would you say on a level of one to ten, where would your German rank? Um, speaking it. Yeah. Uh, well, drinking or not drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Both? Oh, well. It's same like French. Like, I grew up, uh, I spoke French. I was completely bilingual. I got my French map. Like, you know, basically yeah. take one course in university and I got my whole minor in French. I haven't spoken French for 20 years other than when you need to speak it. Yeah. I relate that to the same as German. I can understand anyone that anything would tell me yes. to speak it as quickly or understand. No. Yeah. That's right? totally fair. I graduated J.H. Ricard French Immersion High School. My son yeah. takes French yeah. now. And so I can have a, a, an entry-level conversation with people. Yes. But if someone speaks French to me, I understand what they're saying. Yeah. But then when I speak back to them, it's like half French. I don't throw in an English word because exactly. I've forgotten what the word is at that point. So. And then mix that with another language and you're, th- you're throwing a third language in with yeah with the second and the first. So it just gets confusing. So you, I know you're, you're – and I want to get into – in our next segment, I do want to get into – because I remember uh, what you – what you did in university, this, mm. uh, what you and your classmates, uh, a few of you were working on back then. Yeah. I do want to talk about that because I know you've always been a pretty intellectual guy. So you, you study, I'm sure you've studied about CT. So in your mm-hmm. readings, have you learned the more active I keep my brain, the better it's going to be? I just figure, yeah, I, you know, I'm a big proponent of, um, psilocybin and, you know, neuroconnectiveness and, just keeping my brain continually active. Like I'll, I'll have an, I'll get an app on my phone and I'll do it three times a day. There's programs on there that I will, you know, do math, do English, do memory games and just continually keep my brain active. Um, I don't know. That's just the way I've always functioned that if you use it, it'll stay. Use it well. <laughs> I can see that. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I want to take the break because I want to step back and I want to go deep into it. And because, uh, you know, you got the university degree, but I, I don't want to mm-hmm. give away a hint, but I'll just tell people what you worked on in, un- in university slash college is one of the most fascinating things ever. Mm-hmm. And it's something that the average guy, like I remember you telling me this story many years ago and I was kind of like, pardon? So uh, we'll get into that uh, when we return with Randy Spencer on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. We continue on. Who is it Wednesday? Our guest, two-time Grey Cup champion. Of course, won his first and third seasons in the uh, CFL with the green and gold. Randy Spencer joins us. And uh, before he came to Edmonton, uh, he was at uh, Weber State. And uh, for your senior project, so you got this is back in like 2002. Yeah. Right? So we're talking 21 years ago. <laughs> you, you and three of your classmates, you created like this whole thing. Like and it was never done before. Like yeah. a whole three D version of the campus that was that people could use as a recruiting tool. Yeah, and you could walk through every building existed. Trees. We actually took pictures of like we walked up to each building, took pictures of the brick that was on each building, mapped that onto the computer design, so every building looked exactly the same within the computer. Yeah. So were you majoring in computer design then? Architectural and design graphics. Okay. Yeah. And so have you used that in your uh, your post-playing career? Actually, you know, as a foreman for a steel company, I could read prints like that like pretty easily. So okay. the architecture came in, in uh, you know, very handy. Um, yeah, mechanical drafting skills and those types of things, those, those have always helped, you know. It's um well it's kind of fascinating to me because when you make that project obviously it's it's a it's a school's property and propriety so you know they use it to recruit um, you joke that you're like well, I got a copy of it somewhere I don't know where it is um, to kind of see but you look at the technology we're talking 21 years ago yeah. of what you had to build then and then what you see now like are you kind uh-huh. of a tech guy I used to be a very tech guy like I was a, I was a massive nerd like I still am I guess. I even was uh, on the robotics team back in you know in high school, and uh, you know went to Toronto, built a robot, did that whole thing, 
uh, actually got the Radio College of Canada, you know, Award of Excellence for in in um, for achievement in uh, technology. So by building a robot, yeah. So well, it was a long did, time ago. Did your man. robot have a name? What was? I don't even remember. This is a long time. This is like I was sixteen. So, geez, yeah. So you always mean someone of a scholar then? I, I wouldn't say scholar. I excel at everything I would love to do. I, yeah. If he, if it was my dad was a teacher, so he wouldn't call me a scholar because <laughs> if it came to science, like certain subjects, okay. geography, it was like a C. Okay. It came to computer science, I had A plus. Okay. Right. So what you're passionate about, you can what I'm passionate about, I'll kill all day. Now you went to Weber State, but like you got recruited by Colgate, uh, you know, a few other Ivy League schools. So obviously yeah. you had the marks. Uh, yeah. To go there, what was it about Weber State that made you decide to want to go there? I love the mountains. It was beautiful for one. It was beautiful. It was far away. It was close to Vegas, six hour drive. <laughs> uh, it was close to <laughs> it was close to L.A. There was a lot of opportunity to get far away from Ontario, from Ottawa, like something that was just completely different for me. Um, and uh, it just it just spoke to me. And there's a lot. There's a few other Canadians there too at the time. Okay, it was a Canadian hub. There was about eight other Canadians on the team, so I wouldn't have been alone. And uh, it, uh, you know, I don't know if you know Tom Stackerack, but uh, that name. Yeah. he's been. He used to recruit heavily out of uh, Alberta. Okay, um, Sumpa's brothers went down there. Uh, so yeah, right. you know, like. There's always been a connection back to Weber, and uh, so it was just it was the right place for me. Uh, then you came to the CFL. We talked about the O three, but we we talked a little bit about O four, but we haven't got to O five yet. And uh, so now you're you know you're an established player on that team. You're, you're yeah. not a rookie guy. You've established yourself. You you become a leader in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the disappointment of O four. Uh, also, Ricky Ray comes back. Yeah, uh, something that can't be overlooked in O <laughs> five, right? Like, uh, and not that Jason Moss like. It's kind of unique to have two two quarterbacks that good, and you needed both of them. Yes, uh, in the in the O five game. But take me back to that Grey Cup game. Mm. Right, it was one of the most exciting Grey Cups yes. ever. It's back and forth. Right, your coach forgot what the score was <laughs> at one point, but still, it it, it was yeah. back and forth. How, how how are the nerves when you're in a game like that? Uh, play by play, man. It's. <sighs> I, it's hard to explain how you don't really focus on anything else but what you're supposed to be doing at the point, right? Like people, like it's loud, things are going on out, all over the place, but you're, you have to be hyper focused to pay attention to what you need to see, what need you need to do to actually function and win the game. So if you're looking in the crowd, you're out of the game, right? Like anytime I'm coaching and I see my kids turn around and look for mom or dad, you're not focusing. Right, you have to know exactly what's going on at every single point in a game like that to to be able to function and have an impact, right? So, and as a coach, because you're coaching now at the Huskies, how how can you help players become more focused? Uh, it's uh, it's ongoing, every step, every time you're coaching, kind of thing. Um, every practice, every drill. You have to really maintain and and preach why you have to f- keep focused. And once you get into a game like and you're in a you know an actual playoff game or anything, you'll know the difference with a player that is focused and one that's not. What's the difference that you can notice right away from a player in a playoff game who's focused and one who isn't? Um, definitely walking into the game. If you see a player directly go to the crowd, their eyes shift directly to the crowd. They're not wor- they're not worried. There there's a level that you can actually say where um you can be loose enough. You want a player to be loose enough that they don't have to overfocus. Okay. Right? There's a few that can do that. Right? But to not pay attention uh to every cue in the game, you can tell when a player checks out, especially when things go the wrong way, it gets worse. Yeah. Now, the old 5 team wins. And that's kind of really, you know, 2015 team was very competitive. Obviously, they won. We're very deserving yeah. of it. But after the 05 team, like, it started a run that it wasn't good in Edmonton, I think, to, to put it mildly. Um, there yeah. was a, a real quick defection, not defection, of just elimination of many of the core players on that team. You had played in the yeah. league for four years, Randy. You were you were a veteran player, but a yeah. young veteran. 
and you even were part of it. Can you kind of take me back to that? How frustrating was it to see so many of the core players? You know, Danny Machoja just kept wanting, oh, oh, this guy's a voice in the room. We got to get rid of him. Yeah. Like, from an outsider, that's what I saw. How did it feel inside? Most, most, a lot of people don't. I've told these stories, like, and I I won't tell them today, but uh, the dismantling of that team was purposeful. It was disgusting to watch. And there was absolutely, like, you know, it came at the time with the salary cap, right? And so obviously decisions need to be made. There were a bunch of us, myself included, that said, hey, we'll we'll take pay cuts to remain Eskimos. Ah, else. I don't identify as an elk, so I'm sorry. But uh, that's what it was. We would take the pay cut, and that wasn't an option. You know, it wasn't about that. And that's where the dismantling started. And it went downhill for a few years until Ed Hervey came back. Yeah. And when Ed Hervey came back, he brought back what it is to be an Eskimo. And then... The yeah, elk, no, no, the it's all good. It's just <laughs> habit. So, yeah. Yeah. It's on my ring, so you can agree with me there. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's where, once he left again, uh, you know, started to go down. 100%. Once again. Yeah. And that's where you keep losing it. When you get people that are not ingrained into the system and understand what it actually means, once and to be, uh, you know, that's what it is. And because if you look back, you mentioned it was purposeful of dismantling. Um, was it Danny Machocha tried to get rid of any player who was a leader? Like, because mm-hmm. I a, guaranteed like a, a big character person. Guaranteed. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It was something about... My voice needs to be heard the most, and if anybody can usurp it, they're gone. It did not make any sense, and I, I guarantee I could pull, make phone calls to five other players right now, put them on the phone, and tell you it's the exact same thing. Yeah, right. But that's just what it is. It's you know learning at uh, learning for everybody. You know, unfortunately, you, when you're a player, you, you don't have much say in it at that level, so. Yeah. Have you ever wanted, like you're coaching now with the Huskies, have you ever wanted to coach higher? Have you, do you have interest in that? Not really. Um, honestly, I love the level that I'm at just to help young men be, you know, growing from boys to men and actually give them an opportunity to understand where they're going with football, what they can do with football, how they can, you know, mature for their life itself. It's more important that, because that's a lot of the guidance that gets lost when you get to the next level. Yeah. Uh, one other guy, um, you, you, there's a lots of characters that you've encountered in your time uh, with the green and gold. Uh, you go back to 2003. Maybe the biggest character, arguably one of the biggest sporting names in Edmonton sports history, Joe Moss. Yeah. Do you have a, <laughs> a, a favorite Joe Moss story? Uh, I'm sure they've all been told. It's you know the the favorite ones are always the wrestling matches. And did uh, you have a chance to wrestle the the champion? 
I didn't wrestle the champion. I was always a spectator. Oh, oh, I was always a spectator. Didn't, didn't want a shot at no, the title. No, I did not want a shot. I never went in for it. I always watched. And who was, was the, what was the me. best wrestling match you recall with Joe? Who was who uh, was like the best one? One of your teammates? Oh, uh, man, these these were always at the end. Uh, Kamiski, like, yeah, these were fun. Man. Dan Kamiski, I have like, to think huge. who was who would have been the best. But I can't pin it to anyone. It was just nothing but laughs and oh, smiles. Wow. So, yeah. What What about your first encounter of Joe um, at the, coming? Because Dave coming in the no, the yeah. first time walk, yeah, meeting Joe coming into the uh, into the locker room. He told you exactly what to do, where to go, when to do it. You didn't even get a word in edgewise, and you're like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> you literally, who is this guy and why is he telling me like, it's like, you're worse than my mother right now. It's like, boom, boom, boom. No, go this way. No, you're not. Go. Yeah. And like, it, you're like, all right, you're in charge. And you know, uh, it was, it was awesome. And uh, uh, him singing. Uh, yeah. The singing was ne- next level. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause to me it was Dave Jameson has told me the stories many times. Like, Guys who didn't know it was coming, and they're yeah. just like, "What? What is happening right now?" Yeah. Like he was such a character, and yeah. added, like, it's hard. C- can you explain what Joe's presence added to the team? Pure happiness at any point. He just, um, no matter what situation. Thankfully, we won a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't that much. Uh, you know, pain going on, but uh, he was always in a great mood and always positive about everything. So he was so funny and just, like he had a really yeah. good sense of humor. Yeah, right. And like, and Joe was a guy who he wanted you to chirp him back. Oh yeah, right. Like he he didn't that was wa- the fun part of yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't want to be treated any different. No, right. Yeah, you everybody would pick on Joe for fun because he wanted to be, you know, he like included him in the razzing of everything else. Yeah. So you would put your, you know, put your laundry bag the wrong way, like toss it on it. Hey, what are you doing? You know, like you come around and like, you know better what to do, but you'd just be messing with him. Because, but, but the one yeah. thing was though, he really took his job seriously, seriously. Though, right? Like yeah. you did, that was the way you could, you could joke around a lot of things <laughs> yeah. except when it was time to work. To work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get in his way. Um, what about Dwayne Mandruzak? He might be the one guy that could challenge Joe for like, you know, senior, well, definitely seniority <laughs> oh, yeah. for sure. But I, how he ran the room and his importance <sighs> to the team. So many things have been done wrong in the last <laughs> couple decades, and that's one of them. But, uh, yeah, I saw him just uh, a few months ago at a golf tournament, and every time I see him, it's it's a pleasure. Um, and he ran, that, he ran that place better than, you know, he knew more about the team than anybody else knew and will know and has ever known. He should write a book. Dwayne, if you're listening, I've said this for years. I would gladly, if you're not a writer, I would you put your name on I would help you do it yeah. because his stories from so many decades would be unreal. Unreal. Yeah, you can sit there and put out any football number and he'd tell you a story about it. Oh, of all the, of all the uh, different guys. Yeah, that played in it. Yeah. Who was who were some of your favorite teammates as far as characters that you think back, you know, for the four years Swag. you were in Edmonton? <laughs> Raheem Abdullah was hilarious. Uh, well, he used to come in with that, yeah. like those bright red velour. Yeah. Like it was, he was like an 80s rapper. He was awesome. He was hilarious. You know, um, Swack was hilarious. Alfred uh, Payne. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred was just he, like I've never. That was the first guy. It was 2003, and he would come to practice. He wouldn't stretch. We'd be all be stretching. He'd just be. He's like, cheetahs don't stretch. <laughs> he'd just be walking around and just you know snapping his fingers, and then all of a sudden it's time to play. He'd just go. I'm like what? In the, like, and this guy is way older than you, right? <laughs> He's been around forever. It's like, is this just a vet move or what? No, he never stretched. He was just pure athlete. Yeah. He loves his cars too. Yeah. 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 And you don't ever, you don't ever touch his car. That was, uh, (laughs) never rode in one though. You never rode in one of his cars? Not in one of his. You never got the invite, eh? No, I just, he was, 
it wasn't uh, at that time. He wasn't the one to come out and party. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. So yeah. he was. Uh, he was more. He was the work, church, and home guy yeah. at that stage that of his was career. Yeah. Right. Um, when when you watch the games now, give me your thoughts. Um, Montreal. Uh, Jason Moss. Uh, head coach yeah. is there. Uh, Danny Machocha, funny enough, is the, uh, is the GM, so you're probably torn. <laughs> very torn. Very, yeah. very torn. And then you've got the Winnipeg yeah. Blue Bombers, right? Yeah. You know, when you look at a four-year run of a really competitive team, you probably relate to that. Um, how much of an advantage does Winnipeg have just from an experience standpoint? It's a massive, massive advantage when it comes to experience. Um, that's, yeah. At every point where anything goes wrong or you know they don't the adversity that comes up in a game if you have experience on that you doesn't you don't flinch as as much as the other team right where the other team is trying to figure out how to navigate those hard parts of a game you've already been through it three three years in a row most likely right so um yeah it's i'm torn between that game because being an alumni there and then jason being the head coach is a yeah, if Danny wasn't there, I'd be going for the Montreal. <laughs> I'd be going for Montreal. That's fair, man. But, yeah. Until get, now, uh, you had to retire uh, prematurely because of your shoulder injuries, right? Yeah. You had three surgeries on it. Um, how long did it take for you to get over missing football? Oh, that took a few. It, it took longer than I anticipated, honestly. It took probably about five years, but after five years, that was it. I was done. Like, what was the hardest part during those five years of like, like, was it just, okay, I think and I can play? Like, was it just, the, oh, I know. There's very play. few things. Yeah. No, no, physically. No, I yeah. knew you could, could play, but you know, like your shoulder, yeah. would it hold up or not? Um, is it like, obviously the camaraderie everybody always talks about, but is it also that there's very few things in life mm. where you can just flat out, you know, exert yourself yeah. physically like that? And that's competition where you just, you know, whatever job you're doing, it probably is not going to scratch that itch. Well, yeah, it's uh, the transition of football uh, life after football is what gets you because you've not. It's not that you don't plan for life after football, um, but then uh, it's having the same amount of drive to achieve something with while that you had before. So to achieve something that was so impossible, you know. Will that exist again in some other shape or form? And that's the tough thing to actually figure mm. out how to fi- find something that you didn't choose to find. Football just came. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to be this. And you knew it, and you went after it, and you did it. And it was like I was the only kid in Ottawa to get a football scholarship my year because I said so. It wasn't because I was more skilled. So I said I was going to do it. So when you, un- you unlock that key of, like, success for yourself and that, it seems so trivial. It seems so easy, but you go and do that, and you can multiply. That's why they they love recruiting, you know, sports guys for jobs and things because you have that drive to finish and you know complete something, and you're competitive. But you have to be able to find something that motivates you just as much. And what motivates you just as that much, you know, to get you to do the things that most people won't do, like go running 5K every day just to stay in shape. Yeah. You know, do those things that people won't do. It's like, I, you know, how many reports do I need to write to get this, you know, it doesn't translate the same. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to wake up and figure out how to email better than somebody. Like, you know, it's just a whole different world to navigate. So when you're missing, you know, that ease of loving something every day, that's the transition you're going through. Lastly, uh, when you go to Commonwealth, can you enjoy the games? Like, are you a good fan, or are you still like a, a coach where you're analyzing the play? Oh, I'd never analyze. No, no. You just watch. I'm just there. Okay. Yeah. Do your kids like football? Yeah, they love going to the games and seeing the fireworks and eating mini donuts. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's good kids, man. That's smart. Fireworks yeah. and mini donuts, eh? Did they see a picture or two of dad in the alumni They room? didn't get it for quite a few years, and they'd be like, why are you signing autographs? Like, who, <laughs> who do you think you are? Yeah, it just confused them because I never spoke about football at home or anything. Like, it's not, you know, I have three daughters. Not that three daughters changes anything, but really and truly – when football came on on Sunday, they're like, what are you watching? <laughs> Can we change the channel? Yeah, like, yeah. It was like, okay. And then they're like, oh. And then I coach football. And then they're starting to get it. And then doing fan days and doing autographs. They're like, okay, I get it. Okay, you were somebody. 
Oh, okay. Right. I'm not going to tell anyone. You're no. nobody to me. No, so. not, none of them are playing. Yeah. Do they play sports? Are they athletic at all? Uh, they have they have the gene. I'd say you know we all do taekwondo together. Oh, you know as a family. But uh, yeah, that's it so far. You know, I never I did soccer for about 15 years, but I didn't start football till 12. So I never believed in yeah you know pushing oh, kids God, to start I too totally young. Agree. Live your life. Yeah. I don't, like I love the fact that my kids can go out to the park and go for walks and. You know, they're not stuck to the device all day, you know. Like, yeah. They're seeing a different part of life. And then once they get stuck in the, you know, sports and I have to drive everywhere, which I'm kind of delaying, <laughs> you know. Uh, you'll enjoy it, though. That'll be yeah. fun. You can coach them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, you know what? Uh, you can put them in. Uh, there's touch touch football, flag yeah. football, tackle football. Oh, yeah. There's... My youngest loves football. Okay. She wants to do it. Oh, well, there you go. All right. What position would she be, do you think? I have no clue. She no, no. Think. She's a tank. Okay. Oh, yeah. So She's a good about linebacker, a head taller maybe? than anybody else. In oh, so she'll be crushing yeah. it. I oh, yeah. like it. Randy, thanks so much uh, for coming in studio. It's great to catch up with you and, yeah, and continued success. Thank you. That is uh, Randy Spencer, our Who Is It Wednesday guest. When we come back, Mike Rupp will join us on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, let's get to Connor Halley and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by. Legacy Heating and Cooling Home, the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. And coming up this hour, Opportunity to win a brand new furnace courtesy of Legacy in Help Your Neighbor. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.